This is Your Calls, One Planet series. I'm Rose Aguilar. Now we will discuss an executive order by California Governor Gavin Newsom that curbs water flow from the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta to the San Francisco Bay. Environmentalists and tribal leaders say Governor Newsom's order will harm Chinook salmon and Delta smelt by sending more water to California farms. Randy Fiorni, a Merced County farmer, told CalMatters that farmers are deprived of water to protect environmental resources. He says now the governor is tipping the balance in the other direction. Joining us is Alastair Bland, an independent journalist covering the environment, climate change, and water management in California, and he has written about this for CalMatters. Hi, Alastair. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Rose. Thanks for having me. Well, since you cover the environment and water, I just want to ask you about where we are right now in California. Uh, This gets nationwide attention that we're in a mega, mega drought, but it's been raining so much over the past month. It just rained this morning. It's supposed to rain several days this week. The U.S. Drought Monitor shows that about 17% of the state is no longer in a drought. 34% of the state is classified as abnormally dry. So talk about what this means. Less than half of the state remains under drought conditions. Yeah, the um, we, they were, we were supposed to be in a fourth year of drought, another La Nina year, and that changed, changed very abruptly in January. And, um, and then here we, yeah, then we, we had a somewhat drier than usual February, I think, but, um, but then things have gotten wet again and, I mean, what, what it really means in practical terms is the reservoirs are um, in pretty good shape now. Um, we, we got a lot, a lot of water was captured and stored, stored during those January storms. Um, and there's double, some people are saying two winters worth of snow in the mountains right now. So lots of water stored right now in, in California. Wow. So before we dive in and talk about this executive order, can you just remind us, especially for people who are not that familiar with all of this, there's always been so much tension between environmentalists, tribes, and farmers over water. Can you talk about just where we are right now? And then we'll talk about the executive order. Yeah, well, um, you're you're right. There's, There's long been tension and disagreement over whose fault it is that salmon runs have declined and um and that the delta ecosystem has essentially collapsed or is collapsing but uh uh um there there's there's flows that there are rules that protect the the uh the flows that must uh move through the delta and into san francisco bay and they they're designed to protect the ecosystem and maintain estuary function, ba- basic functions of a, of a healthy uh, estuary. And, and um, those are, are contentious rules because they limit the amount of water that can be stored in reservoirs upstream and that can be exported out of the Delta via pumps. And, um, and so those rules are, are what were, um, are, are at the center of this this whole conflict that we're about to talk about. And just for some context here, to think about what these fish need, you spoke to John Rosenfield, science director of the San Francisco Baykeeper, who said fish need substantial flows. High river flows push young salmon along in their spring journey from the Central Valley to the ocean. 
while reduced flows lead to higher mortality. So this was put in place decades ago, as you report. The Delta flow regulations at stake now are designed to help juvenile salmon reach the ocean and protect the Delta from seawater intrusion, which can occur when the flows from the Sacramento and San Joaquin rivers are reduced. And the environmentalists and the tribe say the flow rules are not strong enough to protect these fish. What other context do we need before we dive in and talk about what's happening here? Um, it's good to know that the, um, the, the Chinook salmon, um, the fall run and the winter run, they, they're spawning up in the, uh, the upper Sacramento system in the summer and the fall. And, they're, and they're the, the eggs that they fertilize and which become small fish, uh, th- those fish are now and have been migrating down the river system for the past uh, couple of months. And so this, they, they depend on those flows to push them out into the, into the bay and, and to help get them there with the least mortality, uh, as little mortality as possible. And um, when you cut these flows, it increases the chances that they'll, that they'll get sucked into irrigation pumps or trapped in backwaters where predators eat them. So, so um, they're, they're critical for, for supporting salmon and salmon runs are right now collapsing and they're, they're probably going to ban the fishing season for the summer. Wow. And, and then you've got the farmers who say that farms are being shortchanged to protect the fish. And as you report, they have urged state officials to store more water in the reservoirs. So that gives us a little bit of context about what's happening with the fish and then what's happening with the farmers. So can you tell us about this executive order? The governor authorized the State Water Resources Control Board to consider modifying state requirements that dictate how much water in the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta is allowed to flow into the San Francisco Bay. Uh, yeah, on, so on February 13th, um, he, the governor made that recommendation to the Water Board to ease these, these rules. He also modified, um, suspended two very foundational environmental laws in California, one of which basically requires that regulators enforce the law. So it was sort of like a reverse catch-22 thing. By, by suspending that rule, other rules didn't have to be followed anymore. And so a week later, the Water Board uh, took his recommendation. They, they waived the flow rules uh, that, that, that guarantee that a certain amount of water flows all the way into San Francisco Bay. And, uh, and promptly, uh, half the water that was supposed to be going into the bay was, was not. It was, the flows got cut by 50%. And, and that water will be, uh, it'll be used to increase storage and reservoirs upstream, uh, especially Lake Oroville, the, the biggest reservoir in the state. Water okay, so, so right, because as you write, the order means it's likely that the water board will allow more water to be stored in Lake Shasta and Lake Oroville. These are the state's largest reservoirs. Yes, yes. And um, uh, yeah, it's worth noting that uh, with all the snow in the mountains, they're probably going to get pretty close to full anyway, with or without this order. Right. I was wondering, how will all of this rain and then the snowpack affect the, the various parties here, especially those who want to protect the fish and then the farmers who say, well, we have no choice but to tap into our groundwater at this point. Um, I think uh, farmers are going to be doing a lot better this year than they have been in terms of getting their surface water. And yeah, you're right. When they, when they run out of surface water or they don't get any surface water allocations, they, 
many or most farmers have uh, some way of getting groundwater, either by buying it from someone else or using their own wells. But uh, this year, they'll probably they'll have more service water for sure. So was and, this? Ex- uh, oh, sorry, was this executive order a surprise to people? Yes, it was because these have these have been happening for the um, past decade or so uh, during critically dry years. Uh, they've been waiving these rules in critically dry years to allow more storage, and 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 that's 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 considered pretty bad. That's that's especially when the fish need water. Uh, and this doing this in a year that's not critically dry and which has turned into a pretty wet year is a new. It's, it's it takes things up a notch. Different game changer. So, what explains what happened behind the scenes? I mean, who has the ear of of the governor? when it comes to these issues, these issues around fish and around farming. I mean, we know that big ag has a lot of influence in Sacramento, but what really went on, went on behind the scenes that led us to this executive order? Your, your, yeah, your question. I I can't, I could, I could only be speculating and I, and I, I I probably shouldn't, but um, we, yeah, we know what's at stake. Uh, Large farms, big ag, as you call it, uh, wants wants that water and um a series of actions uh kind of a a remarkable chain of events took place uh, leading to this waiver of the rules so who knows but i I couldn't speculate actually we've been wanting to do a show about big ag small farmer i mean what percentage of farms in california are actually owned by small farmers still I, i just think it's really important because we do say big ag um, obviously, ag has a huge influence, and you could even have small farms end up in a you know lobby group that would result in big ag. But do you know the percentage of farms in California that are still owned by what we would consider small farmers? I don't. I don't have that number. But I. But it's funny you mentioned that. I'm reading a book by Mark Eric's The Dreamt Land, a very good uh, chronicle of water history in California, and he's he's from the San Joaquin Valley, and he was in one scene describing farms in in the san joaquin valley and he he pointed out that there's no farmhouses on these farms the the implication being that there's huge swaths of land owned by someone who lives far away Hmm. yeah we've had mark on the show he does really great work today we are speaking with alistair bland an independent journalist covering the environment climate change and water management in california he is writing about these issues for Cal Matters. Again, California Governor Gavin Newsom issued an executive order that curbs water flow from the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta to the San Francisco Bay. Environmentalists and tribal leaders say the order will harm Chinook salmon and Delta smelt by sending more water to California farms. But then you've got the farmers saying... We need that water. The governor is now tipping the balance in the other direction. Um, we are all affected by this. So if you have questions or comments for Alistair Bland about what is happening here, you can give us a call at 866-798-8255. You can also email your call at KALW.org. So, so tell us what you're hearing from environmental activists. They say that the order is another sign that California is shifting priorities in how it manages the water supply for humans and ecosystems. Like you said earlier, they say that this is going to harm the Chinook salmon and the Delta smelt. Uh, large numbers of newborn Chinook salmon have perished in recent drought years, the result of low flows in the Sacramento River and its tributaries. 
You spoke with Doug Obegi, a water law attorney with the National Resource Defense Council. He actually called Governor Newsom's order the latest action in a breakdown of law and order in the Delta. Yeah, um, he his um, his point is basically that, and John Rosenfield with uh, with SF Baykeeper was making the same point in conversations I had with him that. These are very basic rules, and uh, these these rules protecting the flows that go through an estuary. And what good are rules if you don't follow the rules? Is what they were saying. So, so in that sense, yeah, something of a of a breakdown of law and order. When it becomes convenient to certain parties, you just we can just waive the rules now. So that was their point. And um, uh, as far as Tipping the balance um, toward farmers, um, it, it's it, it's it's worth remembering that that uh, some of these fish, uh, Chinook salmon, um, winter run Chinook, are close to extinction. They were they're not supposed to be. They were once abundant. Mm-hmm. They're now an endangered species, nearly extinct. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Delta smelt. The fall run Chinook has crashed. The fishery is probably going to be closed this summer. And and um, and I'm trying to be unbiased here, but in the past several years, 300,000 acres of almond trees were planted in, in the San Juan, or the Central Valley, and um, it's so to say that the balance is being shifted back into the favor of farms after some period of hardship for the farmers doesn't seem to doesn't quite seem to reflect reality. Well, and also just what this means for the tribes. You know, a lot of people do not really know about the close relationship between these fish and the tribes, especially uh, tribes in Northern California, whose ancestors have been um, on these lands for thousands of years. And they have such a close relationship with these fish. Uh, right. The, the Winnemum Wintu, who who have um, <clears throat> historic grounds, uh on the McLeod river, which is upstream of Shasta dam, Lake Shasta, they've been advocating for recovery of Chinook salmon. And they're, they're in an especially hard situation because they used to rely on uh, these fish, especially the winter run, which was once prolific. And as I mentioned, is almost extinct now, but, um, but they're upstream of the dam. So even restoring the fish below the, below Shasta dam in the, in the main Sacramento system, it doesn't, quite it doesn't help them in the way that um, restoring salmon runs on the Klamath River for example might help the tribes up there and, and they do they do still actively fish for salmon it's part of their it's a part of their culture part of their diet uh, it's considered very important Right. In fact, KALW has been airing the Spiritual Edge podcast, uh, which is an audio documentary series that tells the story of the Winnemum Wintu people and their clash with Northern California's Shasta Dam. And obviously the the fish are just a huge part of this. And we're going to be doing a show about that uh, podcast. It's called A Prayer for Salmon. Soon you can find it at KALW.org. Let's take a couple of callers. Let's go to Dee in Berkeley. Hi, Dee. Thanks for holding. Hi. Um, I am so excited that you guys are doing a show about this because, like you said, the basic water. We right now have basic water rules, which is not surviving. We're, our waters, our fish are dying. Um, I live in Pinole. The fish that they catch between the refineries have sores on them. Our bay is not okay. So it's mm-hmm. the basic right now. 
and they want to take water to send it down to almond farms that that send out their their food. Seventy percent of it gets sent out internationally. So we're basically giving water to these large agriculture companies so they can make money and sell their product overseas. None of this makes sense to me. How is Gavin Newsom okay with this? Who is paying him off? I would like to know what lobbyists are, are paying him off. Well, thank you for that, Dee. I mean, we've, we've done shows about that and the alfalfa and then Mark Arax, who you know, writes about water, says that dairy farms should not be in a state like California. He said, nobody wants to go there. He said, but I will. So that's also a huge source of water. Um, I, I won't ask Alistair to comment on that, but I, we definitely will do a show on how the water is dispersed in California and where it actually does go. I think we should revisit that again. So thank you for the call. Let's go next to Steve in San Francisco. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you? Hi. We're hanging in there. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, I've... Steve? Hello, yes, Steve? I'm a native San Franciscan. I've never been on a farm or, I mean, lived on a farm. But water is a precious resource, and the earth doesn't make any more of it. But we have 40 million people living in California. Uh, you know, we have had the blessing of having all kinds of varieties of food, lots of it. And very inexpensive, but we keep on building condos and homes, and people are, you know, have, of course, with condos and homes come bathrooms and showers and swimming pools. And instead of picking on the farmer, why don't we start looking at the fact that the state can only accommodate so many people? I never heard about dairy farms or whatever else being a problem when I was growing up. It's a problem now because of the amount of people who live here. I mean, a farmer has a vote. San Francisco has a million votes. Who do you think is going to win out when it comes to where water goes? And I really don't want to see my food prices go up higher and have agriculture leave the state to accommodate more and more people. I just think that's something that needs to be addressed. Well, thank you for that comment. It's another show that we should definitely do because you're right. We keep talking about how we need more housing well, what about the resources? It's a really important conversation to have. So thank you so much, Steve. Let's hear next from Greg and Palo Alto. Hi, Greg. Hello. Uh, I think that uh, it's premature to um, think that the drought is over. We may get a year or two of good water, but there's nobody who can predict what's going to happen in the future. And uh, the notion that dairy farms shouldn't be eliminated is crazy. I just want to bring up one thing which might be enlightening more than what I can say. There's a man by the name of George Mambio who's a British uh, environmentalist. He just, I just listened to an hour program uh, where he laid out everything that he thought needed to be done in order to try and keep uh, the planet going. And he was, he, I mean, he was very clear about this. Dairy farming has got to go. I mean, there's too much water. You know that. You had programs on this. So I just think that this is, it's moronic for people at the state level to consider the fact that now we change things and uh, um, a lot more to farmers who, as your, one of your previous uh, callers talked about, are exporting stuff. People have got to start thinking about, okay, what's rational about having some of this stuff done in the state of California? And it's not doing what we're doing currently. Um, so anyway, I, like I said, I just think that people are very short-sighted in thinking that this one good year of rain is going to end the drought. 
Thanks. Well, thank you. There is a good column in the L.A. Times by George Skelton called Newsom Cares More About Almond Growers Than California's Salmon Fishery. He writes that agriculture uses 80 percent of California's developed water. And then Civil Eats looks at California dairies. And this really has an impact also on low income residents and communities of color. There are 1.7 million cows living on dairy farms in California. According to Food and Water Watch, it takes 142 million gallons of water a day to maintain these cows. And and yet, it's, it's, it's usually not part of the conversation, Alistair. I don't know if you have anything to add or comment on all of our uh, guests, or our callers' comments, but what are your thoughts on that? I mean, we really need um, to have these tough conversations. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> when Steve was saying that uh, we need to curb uh, growth and population growth, human population growth, and um, I, I see his point. And um, agriculture is important, and uh, we all we love farmers. We we eat their food, and they they provide an, a critical service for for humanity. But um, uh, but going back to the urban growth, uh, cities use. Uh, and you, you just mentioned the number, 80% of the water is used by farms, uh, developed water, as George Skelton wrote. And so cities, urban use is about 20% of the, the water that's diverted out of rivers and used as water supply. That, that's just 20% is used for urban, uh, for, for domestic, domestic, for cities, basically, communities. And there's even there, there, there's even been a trend in the past of population growth, human population growth going up. And with water conservation and efficient, uh, more efficient appliances and so forth, urban use going down in spite of the increase in population. So, I, I don't, I don't entirely see um, human population growth um, as the, the problem with our water supply. Well, thank you for all of the phone calls. We have about a minute left, Alistair. Going back to this executive order and how it's going to affect uh, Chinooks, Chinook salmon and Delta smelt. Where is this going from here? Um, well, we have a lot of water coming down the system, and uh, it's possible even with this uh, this waiver of the rules in place, it, it is possible that that will be offset by the, the flush of water that's coming down the system. In fact, the, the reservoir managers might have to release water from the reservoirs um, in order to maintain um, uh, space to catch all the water that's coming. And uh, there's actually flood risks now that are being talked about. So, so th- th- this order might not have been necessary to increase hmm. storage. And what are you working on now? Um, well, um, good question. What am I working on? Um, a-, a story about um, possibly about the uh, the salmon uh, fishery and the impacts uh, on on communities of closing hmm. this industry. Yeah, that's so important. We should have some tribal members on to really talk about that. Alistair Bland is an independent journalist covering the environment, climate change, water management in California, and he's been writing about these issues for Cal Matters. Thank you so much for your reporting, Alistair, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. You can find the stories that we mentioned today at yourcallradio.org. And just hearing from you, and then we got a couple of emails, we really should do maybe a week-long series on water in California. So if you have any ideas, show ideas, angles you'd like us to take, guests you'd like us to have on, we'd love to hear from you. You can email your call at kalw.org. Thanks to Malihe Razazan for producing today's show. Thanks to 
Kevin Vance for engineering our show. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to discuss the power of Ticketmaster. Live Nation and Ticketmaster merged during the Obama administration in 2010, and experts say they're using their monopoly power to hike up ticket prices, charge very high service fees while exploiting artists, independent venues, and fans. Senators are calling on the Justice Department to examine what they call the anti-competitive conduct of Ticketmaster. So what can be done about this? We hope you can join us tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rose Aguilar. It's your call.